All right, it's time for Baldry's Beat. Keith Baldry, Legislative Bureau Chief for Global News. Good morning, Keith. Good morning. So the, the interesting thing is the election is in October, but it's really on right now. Oh, I mean, we're seeing on. the campaign is on. I mean, has got, got an announced. event today. Go ahead. Yeah, so Evie's got a 1030 event today where he's going to talk about the upcoming legislative session, which opens on Tuesday with the throne speech. Yeah. Budget on Thursday. Um, I think the main the main themes of the session are going to be housing, uh, health care, affordability. Uh, as we speak, Kevin Falcon, the leader of the BC United, is holding a news conference just down the hall here, where he's laying out his housing plan. Oh, which uh, so that's his. Uh, so you got dueling events from from two leaders today. Uh, not sure what John Rustad's doing, but he'll probably try to horn in there himself yeah. on uh, today on doing something. So yeah, the campaign, the pre-campaign is underway. It's going to be a very Interesting session. I think it'll be a little more acrimonious than previously because the stakes are getting pretty big yeah. as the election approaches in October. And BC United and BC Conservatives sort of duking it out who's going to be the, the alternative to the NDP. Um, so, yeah, so Falcon is unleash, unveiling his uh, housing plan, which includes, I just got this here, eliminate the property transfer tax up to $1 million to help uh, first-time buyers. Oh, use wow. empty public land to build affordable housing. Eliminate the PST on residential construction. Wow, yeah, which is something uh, that's been kicked around before. Uh, so yeah, so it's interesting. His uh, and establish a new rent-to-own program to unlock home ownership. Hmm. So this would require developers of new housing to set aside up to fifteen percent of homes um, for first-time buyers. So basically, cut taxes. To yeah. incentivize the private sector to build homes, yeah, right? Yeah. Not like EB wants the government to build it all. Yeah, so big difference. The BCM wants the government out of the housing business, except for incentivizing them yes. and cutting taxes. EB's build BC yesterday's announcement is about the government having a, a, a pretty big role in, in creating housing. It's also interesting. EB's going to be talking today, I think, and also you're going to see in the budget. The NDP is pivoting away from being identified as purely the champion of the little low-income person. Yeah. And we saw this yesterday. And so, never heard an NDP leader or politician champion the cause of someone making $130,000 a year. Yeah, how about $190,000 yeah. too? So but... That was yesterday. Yeah. So that is suddenly, an, I think, an indication uh, and a recognition from the government that there's a lot of people who have so-called high incomes that are struggling Literally because of housing. Yeah. They can't pay the rent. You know, $3,000 a month, $4,000 a month. I mean, we're talking after-tax income. You know, you may make 130000 but your after-tax after income is a lot less than that. And on a monthly basis, you put all your expenses together. And if your rent's three, dollars $4,000 a month, there's not much money left over. And so this is a big shift for the NDP yeah. away from being – you know, the, the low-income party to the middle-income party. Yeah, it's really astonishing. I, I The same thing jumped out at me yesterday, too, when I'm listening to EB say that we're going to build social housing for people with a family income of $191,000 yeah. a year. I'm like, is any other jurisdiction in Canada doing that? I don't, I don't think so. And then I had Falcon on yesterday who did the other. He said, don't trust them. Don't trust the government to do this. The NDP will screw it up. Let the private sector do it. Let's cut their taxes and let the private sector do it. And it reminded me of, I thought he was sort of channeling Ronald Reagan a little bit. So let's listen to Ronald Reagan here. I know you know this clip, Keith. Let's listen. The nine most terrifying words in the English language are, I'm from the government and I'm here to help. 
<laughs> yeah, so I think that's kind of what Reagan Falcon Marcus. is trying to oh, tell people. Yeah, Falcon is very much uh, pro-private sector, get the government sure. out of business. I mean, that's the He's I, a former I, developer himself. ideological approach. Yeah. And the NDP is a different ideology, which is the government has to be involved in part of the solution. I mean, that's been the case for for. Well, forever since the CCF was created in the nineteen thirties. Um, sure, this is this is a decades old, long argument, and we'll see. Where the, right now, the electorate's on the side of, uh, at least according to the polls, on the side of the NDP. Although, if you if you total the the uh, BC Conservative and, and BC United votes, they're basically neck and neck with the NDP. So, it's, it, BC remains a fifty fifty province, a polarized province. But the the problem the United and the Conservatives have is their poll is split. And the NDP, NDP's poll is not. Yeah. Speaking of BC United, let's listen to Mike DeYoung here, BC United MLA, longest serving MLA in the legislature. And he revealed the worst kept secret in politics this week that he, he's getting out of provincial politics. The question is, does he now jump to federal politics with Pierre Polyev and the federal conservatives? Let's listen. It is true that I have been approached by the Conservative Party of Canada and uh, many members of the Conservative Party of Canada uh, with a request to uh, uh, run as a candidate in the next uh, federal election for that party. Uh, it's also true that I'm considering that. Your thoughts? Yeah, well, it seems like the likely landing point for De Jong, if he decides to jump, would be the riding of Cloverdale-Langley City, where uh, MP John Aldag, who's the Liberal there, is apparently going to run for the NDP, Provincially. In, provincially in Abbotsford yeah, because right. the Liberals are going to get hammered in in on the federal scene in B.C. So his prospects for re-election are pretty bleak. That would be a nice entry point for De Jong uh, to make. I pointed out last night in the news hour, it, you can bookend Mike De Jong's political career among, provincially among a couple of things. So his his entry point was the 1994 by-election in Matsqui, and he beat Grace McCarthy. Yes who was a social credit icon, the one person who could have put the social credit party back together was Grace. And she was awesome. I mean, I'm, a lot of respect for Grace McCarthy. Uh, but he beat her by 42 votes. Yeah. And that sort of killed the social credit party once and for all and cemented the B.C. liberals as the free enterprise coalition alternative to the NDP. If he hadn't won, I don't think the B.C. liberals would ever form government. I think Grace would have mopped the floor with them. But he... He he won, and as a result, uh, seven years later, it took another election. That's how long it takes to recreate that free enterprise coalition. They formed government for 17 years. Now he's leaving at a time when that free enterprise coalition has fallen apart Yeah, between BC United and BC Conservatives. And De Jong's term, really sort of 30 years, 30 years put together that uh, he didn't do it himself obviously but that free enterprise coalition started to build with him yeah. and it's it cemented and seven years later they formed government for for several elections and now it's fallen apart and yeah. he's leaving yeah. so it's his career speaks volumes about the state of bc politics yeah he was there at the beginning and who knows maybe it looks like he might have been yeah. leaving right at the end yeah no, so. he's one of i think nine members of that caucus who are leaving yeah which and Hamish Telford, the poli sci um, professor out at uh, Fraser Valley College, made the point on the news hour last night. They're removing the incumbent's advantage, exactly. which is a sure. big advantage. Sure, in name time. recognition, name recognition, voter loyalty. Yeah. You know that transcends the party name problem because yeah. they voted for the individual, and so 
these United is taken it on the chin by losing so many names that they've lose they lose that incumbent inva- incumbency advantage, yeah. and that's to the, the the betterment of the BC Conservatives and the NDP. Yeah, for sure. Let's finish up with uh, some federal politics here. Now, this is really interesting. Jugmeet Singh, the federal NDP leader. Now, remember, he has that confidence and supply agreement with Trudeau. It's a minority government. That's the, the Liberals are propped up by the NDP. The deal is supposed to go for quite a while longer. But Singh saying, if you guys do not deliver on the deal to bring in a national pharmacare program here by March 1st here, we could pull the plug on the support for the Trudeau government, plunge the country into a federal election. Let's listen to Jagmeet Singh here. The agreement's not in place. Uh, we're saying that none of our votes should be taken for granted. The agreement will be broken. If they break the agreement, they walk away from the agreement, there is nothing that they can expect from us then. But with the agreement... Uh, we had in place a certain understanding that there would be votes would go a certain way. That will no longer happen. Well, you know, he draws another invisible line in the sand. I mean, this is like the fourth time, I think. Is, he, is this guy the, the boy who cried wolf here? Because yeah. I think he's said this before. Oh, he's done it several times. Uh, the NDP is in no position. The federal NDP is in no position to force an election. They're, they're going to be annihilated. Um, along with the BC, along with the federal liberals, but in BC, Jagmeet Singh is going to lose the seat if an election were held tomorrow, or a month from now. Mm. Burnaby South, you know, the Conservatives are poised to run the table in BC, with the exception of Jenny Kwan, um, Davies in Vancouver Kingsway, maybe Laurel Collins over here in Victoria. But if you go back to the '90s, the Reform Party, which is sort of the anti-government party, which is the mood right now federally. Used to win all those NDP seats. Yeah. North Island, for example, Esquimalt, yeah. right next to us. Um, yeah, so the NDP is in no position. And but so this is the, gonna, so this is just a, uh, an empty threat. An empty threat, and the liberals, the federal liberals, will throw him a bone. It yeah. won't be the big bone he's looking for, but it's going to be. What some, is he looking for? He wants well, that national pharmacare program. Yeah, and there's going to be there's going to be some movement on that already. Yeah. I think there's been some reports this morning. There is some talks going on. Yeah, between be the something. federal liberals, it'll be something. It won't be what he's looking for, but he's in no position to pull the plug. Right. So then they'll they'll deliver something, and he'll take credit yeah, for it. And, he'll take credit okay. for it, but of course he won't get any credit for it from the voters. Right. This is the pickle they're in. Yeah. The liberals will try to take credit for anything that happens here. It has nothing to do with the federal NDP. All right, phone lines are open right now, 604-280-9898, star 9898 on your cell. Tim and Kamloops. Hi, Tim, go ahead. Yeah, hi. Uh, you guys mentioned Reagan and free enterprise and the private sector and all that sort of stuff. Well, it's been around a long time, and we're of all a certain age. We know that. But if it was so wonderful, then how can we have so many food banks in 10 cities from coast to coast to coast? I just find it really interesting. When they eliminated the National Housing Program, I thought that the free enterprise, being as wonderful as they are, were going to build all these houses. Sure as hell didn't seem like it. Thanks. Yeah, thank you, Tim. No, private sector has not built. And EB's making the precise same point. Now, one of the potential flaws in EB's uh, approach and Falcon's approach, frankly, is who's going to build the homes? Do we have enough workers? Do we have enough construction? We don't. We don't have enough construction workers to build these massive amount of homes. They're going to build some, but BC Construction Association did a piece a number of years ago warning that we literally not only do not have enough workers, we don't have enough foremen. (laughs) <laughs> site managers yeah. on some of these big apartment projects that are they're envisioned. So human resources continues to be a problem or lack of human resources. 
is a problem in pretty well every sector. We hear about health care all the time, emergency wards closing because we don't have enough nurses or the doctors, someone, everyone's sick or something. Same thing happens in construction. Well, it, it, if that is the case, and I believe clearly it is, what about EB's promise to build all these all these houses for people making a hundred k a year. Hard to like, see is that. this going to actually happen, or is this just an election talking Hard point? Hard to see it happening anytime yeah. soon. I mean, we're talking we're talking timelines that extend out years for both EB and Falcon. Yeah. Um, whether you're depending on the government or the private sector, it's going to take a long time to fulfill those needs. Daryl and Coquitlam. Hi, Daryl. Go ahead. Thank you for taking my call. I just want to keep comment on, on Jagmeet Singh. I, I don't think he's going to pull the plug. As you said, he draws invisible lines in the sand. He has far more influence today pushing and prodding the Liberal government into doing things or trying to adopt, adopt parts of his agenda. All indicators now, it would be a massive conservative win, and he would become totally irrelevant. He would have absolutely no influence at all. So I, I don't think he'll pull the plug. No, no, and the liberals know that, and that's why they're going to throw him some little, little bits, little bones, and uh, potentially the end of his career too. I mean, if he, of course, if he loses his own well, if he seat, loses this line, I don't see how he survives as leader. Not that uh, there's no. any heir apparent out there. No, but the federal NDP is, you know, the more the longer the BC NDP is in power, the more obvious it is that the federal NDP is kind of irrelevant. It just doesn't. Well, speaking of that, I mean, we saw a federal NDP MP, Charlie Angus, this week propose that the government should ban advertising by fossil fuel companies. So yeah. you should ban uh, gas station commercials because of climate change. I mean, again, and I... you saw the NDP in Saskatchewan and uh, Manitoba both coming out saying, no, whoa, whoa, whoa. No, yeah. Don't... So the federal NDP, I know talking to uh, senior Democrats here, they regard the federal NDP as a bit of an embarrassment. Uh, there had one MP calling for the end of ice rinks. Get rid- so, which, Why? Because of climate change. Because of climate change. Oh. Well, you know, talk about losing the soccer, the hockey mom vote. Yeah. Getting rid of your kids' ice rink. Yeah. The hockey, the, basically, get rid of hockey. Well, wait, what? Well, isn't Stephen Gilbo? The federal well, environment minister saying the similar, we should stop building highways. That's <laughs> something that sort of took David Eby yesterday, slammed the feds for, for proposing this. Now, I, I guess he's walking it back a bit. Yeah. I think saying it was only applying to a highway in Quebec. But, you know, B, BC, Highway 1 needs improvements in, in BC. And they need the, the feds Massey, to be there. The Massey Tunnel Replacement Project needs federal money. For him yeah. to propose, the, fe- the feds are getting out of transportation, oh. which is absurd. So he, yeah. he's going to be walking that. They've back. had a bad week. John and Langley. They Hi, John. you got a few years. <laughs> yeah, John and Langley. Gentlemen, 30 seconds. Both of you fellas need to wipe off your rose-colored glasses regarding the election in this province come October. I think you're going to find out, and I hope you remember these words. It's going to be a heck of a lot closer, and I wouldn't be a bit surprised to to uh, see Mr. Eby on his way out the door. And one quick other observation is why, when we're talking all the drug uh, uh, situation, uh, the, the talk of uh, resurrecting uh, Riverview always seems to go on the back burner. We don't talk about that anymore. Why not? Thank you, John. 30 seconds. Yeah, no, it's, uh, Kevin Falcons talk about not Riverview, but a similar, situ- um, f- more updated, modern facility. And David Eby's opened the door, too, to having uh, institutionalization come back. It's an ongoing conversation. Keith, thanks a lot.